You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast, in which three editors talk romance novels, sex, pop culture, relationships, writing. And did we mention sex? Yeah! From the ladies behind XOXOAfterDark.com, because the best conversations happen after dark. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another exciting episode of XOXO After Dark Cast. I'm here in the studio with my girls, Kate, Abby, and Diana. Hi. And we are doing your deepest fears today. <laughs> We're going to be <laughs> my having... My deepest fears or your deepest fears? I can talk fears all day. Oh, oh no. I you am... have fears? You seem so fearless. I am a Gemini, so I have none <laughs> and then I have many. <laughs> so. Well, don't scare everybody away until you tell exactly. people what's on our site. I was just going to say, before we even get to our site, I want to say we have a very exciting guest today, New York Times bestselling author Lisa Unger will yeah. be with us for our interview section and as always make sure you check out our site xoxo after dark cast um dark.com just kidding <laughs> and summer. we have so exactly <laughs> it's summer and it's monday <laughs> um we have some really great things for you we have our father's day sweeps up right now we've got a free read by laura griffin yep exposed exposed we have some fantastic deals make sure you go check out our gems from the vault right now and that's all I want to say. Okay, so <laughs> what are your deepest, darkest fears? I really, okay, I had a lot. So, I no longer watch scary movies, ever, 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 Do you ever, get nightmares? Ever. I used to. I get nightmares. Hardcore. I, I honestly haven't seen anything. My biggest fear growing up were Jaws, werewolves, and the children. The children is what, you ask? Well, it's a scary <laughs> movie from the 80s where a, st- a school bus goes through a radioactive cloud. Uh, yes. And they come out, and they have black fingernails, and if they touch you, Whoa. they cr- crispy Whoa. fry you. So I... Like Whoa. nightmares of the children. Wow. Oh, I could go on and on. Um, the children, the Howling Wolfen, the Exorcist. My brother really liked this, mm. so I know, like Abby, no longer see, no, 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 no scary movies. But you used to watch them with him, or or in the eighties, mm-hmm. yeah. And then he, well, Ryan and I, like when we were little. I think up until the age of seven, we used to share a room. Ah. So Ryan used to be in the twin across the room, mm-hmm. and he'd be like, dun, 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 dun. <gasps> and oh, I, I would be I'm like so a wood floor. <laughs> yeah. And literally, I would envision, I couldn't get off my bed. Yep. He'd be like, dun, dun, dun. And I would would have bet you my life that Jaws was coming up through my wood floor to eat me. Mm-hmm. Like, it was Even not good. Even though you knew the floor was wood. And Didn't matter. Didn't matter. I could okay. not get off my bed. And if I had to pee, forget it. Oh, uh, yeah, sad. I was scared of the wind. I was scared of the waves. This is all childhood. Yeah. Now I'm good. Zombies, my most recent fear. But you watch Walking Dead now. That was very healing experience mm. for me. But I did do World War Z mm. and had many a fear. Like, What's a, ro- oh, is that the World War Z? Because they're movie? swarmy like ants in that movie. Yeah. They're really fast. Oh yeah. They're like fast. super fast. A fast so zombie scary. is creepy. It's not, and then they Although, climb walls. I used to torment my sister when we were did kids you by playing zombie, where I would basically walk towards her. With like a thousand yard sort of dead eyed stare, and I would hold out my arms and just go bomb, bomb. Oh, so evil! And I wouldn't stop. And oh, I wouldn't no. run, and I wouldn't. But it's just the like that's scary. Impending. I know. And she would like run and like run upstairs and shut the door to her room, and I would just keep coming up the stairs. 
And um, I was telling this to Gordon at some point, and then he, of course, immediately started like doing, doing, doing it. it. I'm like, no, no, go away, go away, dude. That's so weird. <laughs> Try it at home, kids. It's weird and scary, it's even good. though you know it's nothing going to happen. Well, you know, not only that, Ryan and Kristen used to. We used to had a we had a pool and still have it, and we would be in the water in the pool. No, no, they all I have to do is go dun 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 <laughs> dun 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 dun, and I'd be like, it's up there, like, Lauren, it's a pool. See the pool. It doesn't matter. Your brain can go as far as you needed it to go. It's true. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Um, what did, about you? Well, I inflicted a lot on my little. Brother. Oh, that's right. You're the oldest. Um, I used so our house that we grew up in was a tri-level open plan house, and so you could kind of very easily see a lot of what was happening. And so we were. I I was like quote babysitting. I think I was twelve, so Matt would have been ten, or maybe I was eleven and Matt was nine. We were a little young, mm-hmm. and I we were home. It was it, I think it was evening. And my, we were watching TV in the down downstairs, and I said I've got to run to the bathroom or something. And I went up to the middle downstairs, and I went behind the curtains, oh, God. and I banged on the window and went, "Let me in, let me in," <laughs> like in a deep voice, or what I thought was a deep voice. And Matt lit up the stairs like a shot, <laughs> and only two doors in our house locked: my parents' bedroom <gasps> and my parents' bathroom. Oh. I guess our bathroom locked too, but. Um, nothing else locked. And so when my parents came home hours later, I was cowering outside the bathroom door going, Matt, it was just me. Let me in. Everything's going to be okay. Please don't get me in trouble. And Matt was like crying in the bathroom and had been in there for hours. Like I scared the absolute bejesus out of him. Now, does he remember this experience? Have you ever recalled it We haven't talked about it. I would imagine that he remembers. Because I also used to, like if he was brushing his teeth, I would wait and count it out so where he would like turn off the water, two steps, light, turn, turn, and then I would jump out from behind the <laughs> wall and he would like flail and fall backwards. Okay. Um, What's how many years difference? Only two. Oh. He should remember everything. I'm sure he remembers everything. I was like, oh, <laughs> we don't talk about it that often, but I'm pretty sure that I We'll find it. Your family actually listens to this podcast. Yeah, so I guess maybe we'll someone know. will get him a message and we'll find um, out if he remembers. Yeah, my loser brother and sister don't listen to this, but if they did, they would kill to be in this room right now telling all the things they used to do to scare me. Like <laughs> they I were it was brutal. Funny. I also it probably me. was because I was horrible to them and this was their only form of revenge. <laughs> that was always nice to me. I don't know why I did it, just for my own amusement, I guess. Um, Power. My, you yeah, got off power. on it. Um, <laughs> my major fears now are cockroaches, the big guys. Oh, really? Mm. The big reasonable. ones. Mm. Oh, I just, it's just because, like, they're silent. I don't know. I and don't know they what. can fly. No, ours in New York can't fly. Yes, they can. Are you sure? Oh, I think that's 100%. not true. No. Mm. Maybe I, it's a palmetto bud. Gordon's been flied at. No. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's Queens. That's, like, different uh, hey. from where I live. <laughs> <laughs> We're separated by that river. You We're probably have a, a different jungle. subspecies of, of No, you guys, I hate to tell you, but it's all from Florida. Hence, I grew up there. Right. And no, the I Florida was like, ones can fly. Oh, they can fly. Those are like squirrels down there. They're they're di- if yeah, you don't even get immune, you get immune. You're like, what? Right. <laughs> people, are, people are taking them like a, you know, Uber. They just oh, are like, no. we'll just fly out on a palmetto bug. Yeah, you know, the bugs aren't that bad. I'm like, what am I afraid of now? I'm afraid of um, breaking it, like somebody breaking and entering my apartment. This apartment is the first apartment where I haven't been terribly fearful of that. Oh, that's so interesting. Which is really a nice change of pace. I sleep so much better. Did you always have that fear or only upon moving to New York? Only upon leaving home. I, mm. When I lived in... Like, did you live in an apartment in Notre Dame? I lived or? in a house in Notre Dame my senior year. And 
that was bizarre because I was the only one there for the summer, and so you could see out all the windows, mm-hmm. but all the rooms were empty except mine. That's and creepy. And it was really creepy, and the street was very residential, but lots of space in between. Like, I grew up in pretty close-knit mm-hmm. suburbs, so you could, like, kind of hear, not hear your neighbors, but you could see lights on or whatever. Right. No, it was, like, dark and scary. Mm. And I, one time, I watched that movie, um, what's the one with the... It's like really creepy. Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, it scared the, the shit out of me. Yeah, it's scared. I went. But that's home. supposed to be like kind of sort of. No, scared. Scared the pants off me. And I was at a friend's house, like three blocks away. Rode my bike home. Oh, because um, I rode my bike all yeah. everywhere that mm-hmm. summer. But I got into the apart into the house and looked around and was like, nope. Nope, we'll not sleep here. <laughs> Called my friend Allison was like, I have to come back. I have to sleep on your couch. Look out the front door for me. I don't know that I'm going to make it. <laughs> like, I don't know. It just, oh, and I was like Some, 21 yeah. years old. I wasn't a child. The same, th- same thing happened to me when um, it was my senior year in college and Twin Peaks was mm. was on. And mm-hmm. we all used to gather in the common room and watch together. And it was the night in that show, which had all been leading up to Bob, which was the sort of Oh, that mysterious. was so creepy. And it was this show where they revealed who it was, and it was yeah. incredibly creepy. And it was, oh, my God. And then I went to bike across campus to my boyfriend's place. Mm-hmm. And at first, I didn't think anything of it. And then I get out, and I'm like, boy, it's really dark. Boy, this is right <laughs> is longer than I remember. Oh, my God. By the end, I'm like, pedal, 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 pedal. That's and how I ran back to Allison. I got, to his, <laughs> I got to his show. I'm like, let me, let me, let me, let me. Bob is going to get me. Bob is going to get me. But the reason, the reason that Allison is one of my best friends is because she was waiting, standing with the front door open, open. Mm-hmm. waiting. And as soon as she saw me down the street, she waved. Oh. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> That's a good friend. <laughs> She's a really good friend. I didn't have any that late. I remember being at my friend's house across the street. And I used to count my steps from my, mm-hmm. call it my cousin Renee's house. She really wasn't my cousin. But literally, I can remember being like, boom, boom, yeah. boom. Like, <laughs> flinging open the door. Yeah. Like, I was like, it's, my backyard's going to eat me. Like, yeah. I can remember that viscerally. I remember that kind of feeling. You know what I mean? Little. Like, run. Yeah, that was pretty scary. <laughs> now, are you guys the kind of, the, the fears that I don't tend to have mm-hmm. are like, some people get, it's a little like you're concerned about someone's going to break into the house mm-hmm. or not. Um, like when something, some an attack happens or whatever, and mm-hmm. people are like, well, aren't you worried about, like some something will happen in some other part of the world or some other part of the country. Oh, you mean like, like a terrorist like, attack? Like a terrorist attack or yeah, whatever. Why aren't you worried time. about that? Like, yes. I never think of like real things that could happen to I just you that accept way. it. Like, like I'm like, well, the, the subway could blow up. I'm more frightened of sharks in the ocean no. than... Like, I can't someone do, could blow up the subway. I mean, if I'm sure because we're all thoughtful, caring individuals, if you really want to think about all <laughs> you the heard people, it here first, I know, right? <laughs> if you th- really choose to think about it, you can freak yourself out. Yeah, I honestly, I, to not I just it. have to shut that part of myself down. Mm-hmm. We live in one of the major cities. If you mm-hmm. could name three places in the world that we're going to go, New York's one of them, you know, and. I just can't go it. I, I couldn't do it. I did, and because I can shut that part of myself down, I was great on 9-11, mm-hmm. like, great. Like, I walked my 72 blocks back to my house downtown and with the guys mm-hmm. with the inn, and I walked was leading. Queens. Well, uh, yeah, and I, like, <laughs> led all my people yeah. down and mm-hmm. was just like, come on, we're doing it, and I never was scared because yeah. I just, I don't know. I just can't go there. I won't go there. I don't know. I do think about it sometimes on the subway. It's more, I read this book when I was a kid. Um, And in the book, I will never be able to remember what it was, but it took place in London. And it was told from the perspective of a teenage girl. If anybody knows what this book is, if you would comment on this podcast and tell me, because I've wondered a long time. Is this going to be about the Blitz? 
No, it was yeah. it was a modern story, and it was something with the girl's brother had died, and he died in a subway bombing in on the London tube. Oh my god! Which was a was big recent. thing in the early nineties. Like, what wasn't there? Was weren't that there that a rash of? I don't know. It's there. There was some bombing. Like, it was there was some bombing. I'm confusing but with I don't the Madrid it, one. I don't know if it that, predated yeah. that or postdated that. I would imagine pre because it would be awfully kind of no terrible. post. No, it was well post. Post. You think oh, post? This was. Billy is killed by a package. That sounds right. Um, but the big reveal, the big reveal okay. at the end to spoil, what's it called? The terrorist? By whom? By Caroline B. Cooney. Yeah, by Caroline Cooney, who who's all of whose books I read. Okay, oh. so that sounds right. So I was like uh, oh. in sixth grade. So she was just prescient, unfortunately. Or eighth grade, I guess I was in. 99? Um, 99. I was in eighth grade when that came out. So I would have bought it at like the Scholastic Book Fair. You were in eighth grade in ninety nine. Yes, that's correct. I graduated <gasps> eighth grade in the year two thousand. I'm sorry. Now everyone knows how old I, I am. I, Different show. I, oh my God. Okay, Lauren and Abby are holding hands because they're so horrified at my youth. You guys, oh I God. can't look that much older than that. I, mean, I was in seventh grade. It's just oh. Diana was in seventh grade. We just—it's just when you do the math out like that. Yeah, yeah. I never think I about it. I feel like ninety nine just kind of happened. You guys, and I have, it's almost twenty years ago. Ninety nine. I was already working at Simon and Schuster. Oh. <laughs> I have yeah. white eyebrow hairs. If yeah, I had, I had been in publishing for a year at that point. I was already. Oh no, I, Diana just Diana burst into laughter. Is laughing so hard she's I, crying. I, right I, exactly. Like, I was already working at Simon and Schuster at ninety nine. But to be fair, I mean, but think about it. I've been working at Simon and Schuster for eight years. It's not like it's. It's not like I got there yesterday. Well, for all you listeners, it's this month of June would mark my twentieth year. The Aww. big Simon twenty. The big two zero. Yay! So, twenty years at Simon and Schuster. I started in ninety six. Wow. Gonna be a party. Yeah. Wow. That's why I was like. Oh my god! It's okay. No, so the point it's of this okay. story, I know we've digressed a bit. So we'll do a Caroline whole show about, about fears. Yeah, <laughs> this Aging. is my fear. Aging. <laughs> um, the point of the, the end reveal mm. of the story was that when she she wants to track down all the people who saw her brother that day mm-hmm. because I guess there's allegations that he may have been the terrorist or something. But he whatever happens, he he found the package under the seat. And it's, it was wrapped in brown paper, and he hugged it to him oh, right no. before he died, and he yes. therefore saved the lives of a bunch of like children that were nearby. Oh, because he took the blast. Because he yeah. took and the blast. blast. And I think about it all the time. Like if I saw a bomb on the subway, I would kick it as a far away, or that like is, I would oh be like, God. I'd run and not tell anybody. Like I was like, I'm not. Now taking I the feel blast. like I no. read that story too, though, because that's really? having. I don't know. It's tapping into some weird sense. Of it was like a pretty or dark maybe, children's book. It couldn't, but it couldn't have been that. I wouldn't. I wonder if they televised that or a version of it. That's Maybe. Funny. Anyway, I'm feeling the same. Like when yes. Devin Sawa was it in was Night th- of the Tornadoes. <laughs> also a really good book for my I don't know. You high. just said a whole <laughs> bunch of names that I don't know what that you is. You don't know who Devin Sawa is? No. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a different Casper. show. He's Casper. Can I keep you? Who's Casper? Oh, okay, no. We're not doing this now. The ghost? Yes, the friendly ghost. When he Wait, assumes a, he's boy a form in the end of the Casper the Friendly Ghost movie. <gasps> I didn't oh. know there was such a movie. Oh, you'll love it. It's really good. We're going to watch it together. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's really good. It holds up, that I think. That seems unlikely. Christina You're both like, in it. There's good. no way Casper the Friendly Ghost holds He's good. up. It does. It's got dark humor. <laughs> it's got sassy ghosts. It's got everything. It's got secret passages. Oh, my goodness. Attractive dad. Attractive dad. What's the dad's name? Bill Pullman, who oh, I had a big crush on when attractive. I was like 12. I had a big crush on him when I was 12. Yeah. when, when Originator when, of the dad bod. I was like, no, my must-see is <laughs> Ridicule, which is a French French, French film. I'm like, no, 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 we're okay. not saying that. No. Okay, we're, we anyway. digress, but no on fears of ghosts, probably because at the end of that movie, he turns into a very sexy young boy and gives her like a weird little mouth kiss. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> 
like a tiny one. And it's like, and like as our age watching that, we were like, boys kiss you on the mouth sometimes? <laughs> What's happening? Like, is that good? Do I want that? I don't know. Maybe? I, I don't know I, I, that I like where this is going. <laughs> Let's talk about sharks some more because this is no, all I can. Me uncomfortable. I, the only thing that scares me now in today's world is mm-hmm. once in a while I wake up and global I'm like global warming scares the shit. That's out what of I you. was just gonna say. <laughs> I mean, once in a while in my house, I'll wake over and start punching Rick because I'll be like, I hear it. I hear them. They're here. They're finally here, and they're gonna come kill my baby. Being I don't even care about Rick. Awesome. Uh, I was like, I actually don't even care about Rick. I'm like, my baby, my baby. Well, Rick can defend himself. Max, we do helpless. have a baseball bat by the bed. Do you have a tsunami plan? I don't have a You should plan. probably. You live right on I don't care. Oh, no, yeah. no. We survived Sandy, no problem. Uh, like a lot that of other little pe- hill is not as high as it looks. It totally was. The water came all the way up to the bottom. This historically accurate, this is where the water used to come. Huh. So it's awesome. Okay. I would have someone do some math, though, on your average tsunami. Well, just I case. thought, oh, tsunami, yes. Yeah. Um, but I think the tsunami Sandy. danger is more on the east, west coast of America. Yeah. Most likely, yes. Except <laughs> I worked on a book once. Oh, no. And now That's- I know where to look for them. Um, Fault so lines. Probably. But yes, the thing is, when the Canary Islands collapse into the sea, mm-hmm. the theory is that they will send a tsunami across the Atlantic, Atlantic. and it will take out the eastern seaboard. What are the Canary Islands? They're islands They're off the small, Spain. Um, small little islands. Off Spain. That seems awfully far to get all the way It does, here. but apparently there's nothing in the way. Mm. And the problem with just it a is million it's sort of miles just, of water. It's a million miles of water, but the water isn't like slowing the tsunami. It's like feeding the tsunami. Oh, got it. Oh, uh, well, you have to have it has something to do. All with conditions science. have to be correct. If and I will say, the Gulf Stream listening. is going to protect us. Mm. Seriously, the Gulf Stream goes down. Not, but this it's, way. it has to do with the geography of the bottom of the ocean. It doesn't have to do with the. No, water it has currents. to do the topical conditions. I beg no. to differ. I no. I beg to differ back. You're hurricaning. I'm hurricane. I believe you tsunami. are perhaps more typhoony, but tsunami happens because like, it's let's a say small a wave water, in the middle of the ocean. Right, a foot of water matter. moves across. The and top then of the when ocean. you go from deep, deep, deep to the shallows, oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I just had someone explain this to me because I did not understand the science. Do you think there are any actual scientists who listen to this podcast? Um, and rock back and forth. Listening my to us friend try who explained it to me is a scientist okay so i trust him and he said mm-hmm. the same explanation that you're saying that it's the ground it's the change in the ground it is, it's sort of the like if you if you um hit a bump in your car going a little too fast mm-hmm. and it, yeah no, no it know. totally makes sense but global warming is the only thing that we when i'm a little fritzy <laughs> yeah that's it's the global warming right. i'm like we're all i it's like this well, it's unknown happening around us like it's Oh yeah, it, it's hard. It's hard to you ignore. Can't stop it. It's a larger issue that I can feel squeezing the back of my brain mm-hmm. about it. Like if I truly let myself, I could spin into the stratosphere about right. it. Right, and the bit so I rein it back can't. in. Where now all the news is, oh, and by the way, it's too late to fix it. We needed to start fifty years ago. Right, anything well, where the solution is travel back in time, and I'm like, oh crap, <laughs> we don't have those technologies. <laughs> right, not yet, anyways. Right. Um, well, I don't really fear for my physical safety, but I think that's because I've never nothing. I've never been in like a car accident, mm-hmm. Knockwood. Or oh, like, I have. I've never, I've never broken a bone. Me neither. Oh, wow. So I like fear a lot oh, of. I have. My biggest fear, actually, numero uno, is needles. Really? Like, I can't watch it. I can't watch it on TV. I can't think about it. Mm-hmm. Before I get like a routine blood work, I hyperventilate. They have to oh, make me lay really? down. Lie down. Yeah. It's mm. bad. It's really bad. I wonder why that is. Because it is certainly not at all an atypical fear. Like lots of people have yeah, fears of needles. But I, I wonder not, what it is about. But even if I'm watching TV and they're doing like a scalpel procedure, like there's a lot of blood gross. or whatever, mm-hmm. none of that. It's the needle only. Hmm. Now, I can't. 
I realized I, I can't remember and I can't tell now because you have headphones. Are your ears pierced? My ears are pierced. I almost was fainted that, when they did it. <laughs> I was yeah. wondering, was that a problem? It was a pro- it was a problem, but I wanted it so badly because I had to wait till I was 12 and then it was like a... Right I was 13, if it makes sense. It's a write a package to mm-hmm. your 13 year old. You're a teenager now. Exactly. And yeah, we got to go to Claire's and get the little things. Oh, and twist 100%. Them. I think we were piercing Pagoda, which was the oh. little center part. <laughs> that sounds wow. It's really very Palm Beach Mall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's very Palm Beach Mall. I actually Mall. have two holes. I got a second oh. set. Or I have four, I guess. I got a second set. Oh, then I, I don't really believe your fear. I just really <laughs> well, she's got two sadness. I do. I do have two sets, but the second set is closed. <laughs> that was I. That was a moment of like stupidity. That my best friend wanted to get her. My high school best friend wanted to get her your second pierce, and I was like, okay, yeah, me too, definitely. And yet I can't talk you into. I can't talk you into an XOXO tattoo. Oh, no, 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 no. I went with my no. college roommate while, like, they got tattoos, and I was like, oh, this will be fine because you don't really see it. It's yes, kind you of do. Going so fast. Oh, you and do. And it doesn't I had seem like a needle. Like you would see a needle. Room. Yeah, but it is a needle. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. You won't do the needle. Yeah. I'm all about you look like trash. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I'm not a big, <laughs> She's I'm like, not big on I the I have aesthetic. a long list. Um, so it's like, that's my number one. Because I know it's a real fear because even when I'm alone in my apartment watching a television program, like as safe as can be, and hmm. it's not me, it's not anybody I know. Hmm. Yeah, I guess eyeballs. Like I don't want a needle near my eyeball. Oh no! That's but other than that, it doesn't wake me up or scare me. I have mm, to look away. Yeah, no worry about that. I do get nightmares where some of my teeth fall out, but my therapist that's says actually that's because of a controlling thing. That's true because that is a sign heard of um, impotence, of feeling powerless. Oh, okay. It's a signal of that you are feeling like you've lost power over your life. So. I feel like I'm totally in control in my conscious <laughs> life, so I don't know what's going on up here. Like, your deepest fear. Your deepest, deepest fear. fear. <laughs> your deepest fear. And on that note, <laughs> should right. we interview uh, Lisa Unger? Give her a call. We yes. are. Let's see what she's scared of. Scary. <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast. So we have today on the podcast Lisa Unger, who has a new book out called Ink and Bone, um, which takes us back to the hollows, which fans have probably encountered in the Whispering Hollows. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Hello. So welcome to, we're talking about our fears today, and you write you. eerie uh, thrillers, is that right? Yeah, yes, yeah. that's true, Why yeah, well? psychological suspense, thrillers, whatever, whatever you know, we're calling, we're calling it these it days. <laughs> that yeah. sounds about right. Um, so what is it about this setting in the hollows that really speaks to you? Well, it you know, when it first kind of turned up, I first started writing about it back in 2010 in a Mm -hmm. book called Fragile and when it first turned up um, as the the setting for the story I actually didn't think that much of it you know like it kind of to me when it first you know came onto the scene it seemed like kind of any town like the events Mm -hmm. that were happening could have unfolded anywhere and I kind of envisioned it as like you know the tri-state area New York New Jersey Pennsylvania. I grew up in a town called Long Valley, New Jersey, mm-hmm. and I just sort of, you know, have a kind of a connection or, you know, a feeling of familiarity with that sort of woody, semi-suburban, semi-rural setting. 
And so when it um, when it came up, I was just sort of like, okay, well, this is the place where the story is unfolding. And that story was very personal and kind of based on something that happened to me when I was 15 years old. Mm-hmm. So it all kind of had this, you know, very homey type familiar feeling at the beginning of that book. And then by the end, the hollows had kind of emerged as not just a place, but also almost as sort of a character. Mm-hmm. And it has continued to evolve over a number over a number of books from Fragile to Darkness, My Old Friend. And then um, again, in uh, it turns up again in, um, in, in The Blood mm-hmm. and then in Crazy Love You. And then it's featured in The Whispering Hollows, which is the novella that I the novella that um, came out from Pocket last year. Mm-hmm. And so the town, so for whatever reason, the town has taken on this personality. It's got like a, a spirit, almost like an agenda. And I keep writing about it, and it keeps evolving over the you know over a number of different books. Mm-hmm. So That's I guess I'm just kind of dwelling there for right now mm-hmm. until I figure out what it is precisely that that the hollows want for me <laughs> and from everybody else. And then it will release you from its grip. I made it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one really big character. Another is named Eloise Montgomery, who's come up in yeah. earlier books. Um, yes. So can yes. you tell us about what kind of makes her special? I think she's got some special abilities, right? She does. Eloise um, also turned up at the end of Fragile. And mm-hmm. when she kind of popped up at the end of that book, I was like, oh, a psychic you know, that's, <laughs> that's cool you know yeah. even if she's even if she's a fraud you know which i thought she might be mm-hmm. at that time even if she's a fraud that's still interesting it's still a, you know a dark place where you know i can kind of shimmy myself in and see what's going on you know like mm-hmm. that's sort of my whole thing and um I, she, so she turned up in, in Fragile and was like disappointed that I didn't have more time to spend with her there. <laughs> and so I kept obsessing about her and thinking about her. I mean, she got her abilities or she thinks she got her abilities after a t- that she's involved in a terrible car accident, in which she loses part of her family. Oh. And she wakes up from this coma and she's basically got, you know, the ability to, to see people who aren't there and starts mm-hmm. having these really vivid visions and realizes that she's, you know, being asked to do something. Mm-hmm. And so she started, you know, she kind of pops into a, a she has her kind of her own book in Darkest My Old Friend. And then she has these kind of appearances um, in other books. And then in The Whispering Hollows, um, again, the, the E original novella, mm-hmm. she, I had the opportunity to kind of explore her over, over a period of 30 years like oh, wow yeah so it's a novella in three parts and they were really originally put out as three short stories but it really is one complete um like set of stories mm-hmm. and um i really started to explore her and try to understand what makes her tick and that it was in those you know in that exploration of Eloise and who she is and what her history actually is and what her role in the halls is that I first um, met Finley Montgomery, who is the one of the main voices in Ink and Bone mm-hmm. and is Eloise's granddaughter. So do you believe in psychic phenomena? Um, I believe that there are far more questions in the universe than there are answers. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that there's... Um, I don't think, I I think that there's definitely, you know, different layers of experience and we're probably not touching all of them. And some people 
are Mm -hmm. and whatever that means i think there i think there's kind of a spectrum for psychic ability you know you kind of go like one end of the spectrum would be like probably most people maybe like somebody like jones cooper who's like my my pi character and he's like Mm -hmm. kind of a very grounded down-to-earth person and like maybe you know, he doesn't sense there's anything going on. And even if he did, he would kind of go, no, that didn't happen. Kind of a guy. (laughs) Did you, you know, Lisa, this is Lauren. I have to jump in. Did you always write, have an element of the paranormal in your series or did it just evolve into that? Was it a straight thriller in the beginning of your, well, it, this sort of, I mean, this kind of little bit of a thread really started with Eloise and, got it. And the, and the hollows mm-hmm. and it's really a matter it's really a question of her character like it's her character that i followed into this kind of you know um down this road i mean for i, I hate saying words like you know paranormal but i hate that <laughs> word like as as in the context of publishing because mm-hmm. there's something about it that doesn't quite fit for this but it's really it's really just eloise's journey as a character that and the, the journey of the hollows that took me to this place. But as I explore this kind of psychic phenomenon, you know, it's really just like, it's the same way that, you know, I would explore any sort of aberration of the human psyche. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what fascinates me about the, the thing, you know, the, the entire, the entire, um, that element is that it's just something for Eloise and for Finley, it's just something that is, you know, they're prodigies in a way, in the same way somebody would be, like a musical prodigy or a math prodigy, right. you know, it. they happen to have this extraordinary ability. Another character trait. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, exactly. You once talked in Booklist about the editorial process and yeah. learning to disagree with your editor. Um, <laughs> not <laughs> paying, paying no attention to the fact that there are three editors on the phone with you right now. Oh. Um, how do you decide when you're going to listen to your editor versus your gut? Or do you find they're often in concert? Well, usually, you know, I've been very fortunate with, with the kind of editors that I have had. Mm-hmm. Um, I have always had really good relationships with my editors. And I, um, you know, I, I'm not like some, you know, I don't have like this giant like writer ego where I'm like, oh, I don't need an editor. <laughs> you know, like a lot of people have that kind of, you know, that kind of attitude. But I, I need an editor. <laughs> I personally think everybody does. <laughs> Me too. We do too. We agree. If, if, if you think you don't need an editor, you probably don't have a very clear-eyed vision of your work. Yikes. So. I think that, so that, that's the first sort of, that's like the first order of business, right? It's that you have an editor that you love and that you trust. Mm-hmm. And then I think what people don't understand is that, you know, that, that there's a big, there's a big chunk of this process that's, you know, very collaborative, Right. you know, so I write, you know, I write um, a draft and then I, you know, go back and I do another draft and then probably even a third draft before I ever even turn it in to my editor. So I've already been through it a lot of times just to have a real good sense of what, um, of what it is. And then when I turn the book in, you know, for the last few books, it's been Sally, the mm-hmm. book I just turned in a couple of weeks ago, I turned into to Tara Parsons, who's mm-hmm. also fantastic. Yeah, she's wonderful. And um, it was like, you know, you turn it in and then you're editing, and then hopefully you have this really big, kind of dynamic conversation about what the book is Mm -hmm. and if you trust the person that you're working with and she says like oh you know um i didn't get this part or this you know this kind of took away from the story or how how can we flesh this more 
out or this character was great can we see more of her or whatever so you have this kind of big collaborative conversation Mm -hmm. and then I go back again and and start to you know from page one and read and start to rewrite and then I have to really trust my my instincts because there's a little spark of excitement that I feel when I know a change is great Mm -hmm. oh I love it and it's great for the book and I feel it I'm like oh this is great this is gonna be great and then there's another little feeling that I have that's kind of like uh, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if it works. If it changes this really significant thing that's important to me if I do this. Mm-hmm. And so it continues to be kind of a collaboration until you get to the point where you both people feel like, you you know, everything was accomplished that needed to be accomplished yeah. and everything is clear. So it's, you know, it's kind of a, I mean, it's, it's a pretty, it's that the content editing is super organic yeah, for me, and it's the second. It's the second layer of the creative process. We get that spark too. I think that you absolutely. Would, you know, we feel that same feeling where when you get come up with a solution, you feel like that's in my gut. I know it's true, and um, yeah, it's, exactly. makes it really fun, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. And and I think it's important to just actually be really. You know, a lot of it is chemistry. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, it's like it's chem- like you feel like this person gets my work mm-hmm. and understands where I'm coming from and wants to help me make this look better. Um, and when you have that kind of, you know, that relationship, then it really can be a very cool part of the process. Yeah, very you feel much like so. You can only take a book so far as a writer. You oh, wow. need somebody who can t- who can help you take it to that next level. I mean, that's the way I feel about it. I know other people don't feel that way, but <laughs> I, I do. Are you the kind, yeah. this is Abby, um, are you the kind of hey, author who, are you good at being like, my book is done, we finished the editing process, it's turned in, Yes, that book is finished. Or are you like, no? Oh, I wish I had one more round. (laughs) Well, if she does three rounds before it even comes to us, forget it. (laughs) Oh, I am horrible. I am like, I am asking for like third and fourth pass. Like, I think it was Susan was the first person to ever cut me off. Like, Sally, Sally, Sally used to just let me have whatever I wanted. I'd be like, can I have, third, can I have third pass? Danger. Why, why do you want third pass? I'm like, I just want to read it one more time to make sure, you know, it's okay. And she's like, okay, look, I'll give you third pass, but, you know, you can only make the smallest, minor, the most minor correction. Right. Like, there's nothing else you can do. I don't think I've ever given like, an editor. Oh, my God. I have one author. I have one author that I let have fourth pass, and I'm like, crazy town. And she makes me oh. do it. And I'm like, crazy yeah. town, please don't do anything to this. And then she'll make some I changes. But I know. And it's really bad. It's horrible. And I and last time after, you know, Sally had left and Susan was um, was doing the uh, the final like the mm-hmm. final pass. And I wanted second pass. Oh, and God. Even at, and even at second pass, she was like, look, she goes, let's just say that this book is done. And that, <laughs> you know, my, Maya is going to make sure your first pass change yep. has got made. She's going to go over it carefully and make sure everything you made. Wow. That's how I do it. I was like, um, okay. <laughs> she may have tapped into like, so, I mean, and I was fatigued at that point mm-hmm. too. So probably... Yeah. It's, probably you should be out of it by then, yes. you know, because you are Sometimes you just have to walk away. It sounds like letting yeah. go of your manuscripts might be one of your worst fears. <laughs> I yeah, actually think that, she's a nice little... You're actually a nice little combination of a dream author because you work so hard, and that's, like, what I really love in an author. Yeah, and also need to see third pass. I'd be like, nope. 
No more. You need, You're done. You need, a ther- you need a therapist. You don't need exactly. Therapy. Well, we also perform. We also all have MD behind our titles as well, because if yeah. you're going to be an editor these days, you're also a therapist. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. You definitely have to. You know, because it's. I mean, it's really hard. It's really hard. You know, like that that point of letting go, because when you're at the keyboard, you know, you have all you have all the control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And once it's gone, it goes out into the world as it is right now. The world of publishing. The world of you know mm-hmm. just the world. Like you, you are utterly utterly without control and that's that's the worst thing well but you know one thing i want to say is i think you have a very exciting time for your genre right now the psychological thriller female there are so many bestsellers in this genre right now it's very exciting time i think for especially for a a great author like you you really fit into what's working yeah i mean and i've been doing it for a long time and i think actually a lot of people have been you know have been working in this way for a while and i think it's exciting that it's kind of come to the come to the forefront in the last, the last couple of years. But, you know, mystery thriller in general has been, you know, um, pretty pretty successful over the last, you know, I would say 10 years. It's yeah. been a pretty hot genre. So what are you working on now? Of a better word. Um, well, I just completed the book that will publish next year, and I can't talk about it yet. Okay. <laughs> let's, not, let's not raise it. <laughs> and it's not even really like I can't, like I'm not allowed to talk about it. It's like I literally can't talk That's about fine. it. That's <laughs> fine. We respect <laughs> the process. Um, so let's go into our true confessions. We, we like to end each interview Uh-oh. with just a little Oh, you're going to love it. It's just okay. a quick little fun thing, um, and we'll okay. just blaze right through them. Sound good? Okay. 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 Uh, yeah. The first question is: Do you prefer salty or sweet? Um, both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, you know, you're the first person who's ever answered that way. <laughs> She's already arguing yeah. with her editors. I mean, I'm thinking like salty caramel. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah, true. true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Second one: mountain or beach? Oh, uh, beach. Good choice. Uh, yep. Heels or flats? Flats. <laughs> Uh, paper or ebook? Paper. Yay! <laughs> yeah, we like it old school. Can you Definitely. name one turn off and one turn on of yours? In general, like just in, in general. general, yeah. Um, turn off is arrogance. That's a good turn one. on is kindness. Solid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite road trip food? Oh, um, my favorite road trip food. You mean like place where you stop, or, or like, like, or like you eat in the snacks car. in the car? I oh, like potato place. chips, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what word would you ban from the English language? Um, nostril. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that I is love a good it. choice. No one has chosen that yet. Nostril. That's awesome. <laughs> wow. I well, guess everybody it. goes for moist, and I'm so thrilled oh, to I have it. I'm so thrilled to. Moist is no good, but I'm thrilled to have nostril. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe we should stop saying pretty odd word. She hates that word. Definitely. It's, it's not a good word. <laughs> no. I avoid it at all costs. Fair enough. Um, if you could pay someone else to do one thing for you for the rest of your life, what would that task be? Laundry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Popular. <laughs> yeah. And lastly, what is your favorite romantic movie? When Harry met Sally. Yeah. It's oh, a, a, a classic. <laughs> I love well, that one. Thank you so much for joining us today, Lisa. Um, for anybody oh, who's you. interested, you can get her new book, Ink and Bone. Very shortly. Is it out already, Lisa? 
It's out tomorrow. It's out on the 7th. Yeah, so, so it will, yeah. in fact, be on shelves by the time this goes up. So now that you've fallen in love with Lisa on the XOXO After Dark cast, you're going to have to run out and get it. Um, so thank you for joining us, and we will let you get back to your day. Um, Perfect. And we're going to continue to talk about our worst fears, which which include authors asking for a third pass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. I'm just going to go out there and say it. I apologize. Oh, no, you're All right, fine. you're on the record now. For all authors everywhere. <laughs> Lisa, lady, thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. It's a great. Bye. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. This is XOXO After Dark Cast, because the best conversations happen after dark. We're back. Uh, we're going to, that was a great interview with our bestseller, Lisa Unger. That was fun. We didn't, I, I didn't chime in because we had moved on to something else, but uh, fun fact about Lisa Unger is she once worked for John Edwards, the psychic. Oh, I Interesting. didn't know. Interesting. No. Mm. And I really, chimed in. I know also because she was like, when she thought her uh, heroine, Eloise, the first time might have mm-hmm. been a fraudulent psychic. There's nothing I like better than a fraudulent psychic I story. Too. I'm fascinated by I don't know. Do you guys psychics. think it's real? Do you think psychicness is real? Oh, I love I the X-Files really. way too much to not think that there was... I had a reading once that was weird. Like well, weirdly real-ish. Seeming. Well, here's the thing. Who are we to say that we, and I will fight yeah, I anyone for it. Who, I mean, how can you say th- unequivocally that it doesn't exist? You right. can't. So therefore That's it true. does. But Fair I think enough. most, <laughs> I take umbrage with your logic there, but um, I think <laughs> most psychics are probably not real. Oh, well, that I'll agree with. But I do think that the, the, the genuine article does exist. Probably. I, but, I mean, the reading I had one time was... Scary on point. When? Yeah, scary on point. There was only one little tidbit that should have been in there that wasn't that I ugh, cling to that as my. Uh, it could have been. Could have been wrong. She could have nailed it if she had just said that one thing. <laughs> exactly. Oh well. Anyway, not uh, the point. Anywho, not the point. off to our game, and yes. it's going to be psychic readings. No, oh, no. Sorry. I was going to say, is it psychic readings? Wait, you guys, we should go get psychic readings and record it for the <gasps> podcast. Oh my god, oh, that would do you want to so do that? Awesome. Diana just nodded vigorously. Yes. I would do it in a heartbeat, and I've been on a waiting list for one of our sister and prince psychics for two years. What in the hopes. Because Wowzers. I think she's the real deal that I can get. Okay. I, I want it. Right. I'm in. Anywho, we okay, are so doing, what is this, our fear quiz? Diana has fear words. Yes, she has, um, you know how there's a word for every possible kind of phobia yes. that you can have. Oh, so this is a phobia quiz. Diana has culled um, a bunch of them and we she's going to test us and see if we can figure out what fear, fear she's of. describing with this crazy long word. Okay. All right, the one who gets the least amount right pays. Okay, yep. it's been a long time. I know. Okay, and I've chosen uh, phobias that relate to XOXO romance oh, pop themes. culture oh sex. my god hmm. um, and you lovely ladies Diana okay. is a full service producer <laughs> I love it um, alright we'll go through six the first one is metrophobia fear riding trains. the subway phobia fear of cities it's the fear of poetry oh, oh like, like meter meter yeah oh. huh. okay that was hard yeah alright the second one is onophobia sound Sound phobia. Spelled O E. Oh, fear of wine. Oh, fear of wine. Damn it. Darn it. Okay. Okay. This is a hard one. Because enophile or. Ah. Yeah. I shouldn't give you a spelling then. Um, The (laughs) third one is sesquipedalophobia. 
fear of bicycles. Of 150? Sasquip? Wait, wait, wait. Fear of Sasquatch. Sesquipedalophobia. Sesquipedalophobia. Fear of more than X number of sexual partners. Nice, Kate. Close? Am I close? It have to do with a long series of something. Fear of centipedes. Nope. Fear of long genitalia. Fear of sequels. Huh. Fear of long words. Oh. <laughs> Which that, that in itself that is that a long word. Was. Oh, you silly, silly goose. <laughs> Max, only Abby's gotten one right. right. So and it was the wine one. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's okay. my girl. Um, <laughs> this doesn't have to do with words. Venustrophobia. What? Fear of Venus fly sex. traps. Fear, no, fear of having sex. Fear of falling in love. <laughs> Venus flytraps. No, my clothes. Abby, do you have a guess? Vena, Venus, tr- Venus trophobia. Fear of vaginas. Fear of. <laughs> kind um, of. Fear of labia. Yes. Mm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and that would be very specific. <laughs> um, no, I'm so rattled by fear of vaginas that I'm ceding my <laughs> opportunity to guess. It's fear of beautiful women such as yourselves. Aww. Hopefully, no one is afraid of you, though. Uh, <laughs> I want them afraid of you. I'm a little afraid of Lauren. So. <laughs> Um, okay. This. What? Well, okay. Pogonophobia. Pogonophobia. Pogo sticks. Fear of hopping. Pogo. Pogonophobia. Pogonophobia. Or pogonophobia. Oh, pogonophobia. Pogodas. Fear of little large houses? land masses. Uh, no, this is in relation to men. I, I'll say that. Oh, fear of micro penises. No. Fear of bald spots. Mm-hmm. Fear of hair, back hair. You guys are on the right. We have a lot of fears. Fear fear of a beard, which is what Lauren (gasps) has. See, I said back here. I was just on the wrong spot. I was so close. Can you say it again? Pogonophobia. Pogonophobia. Lauren and I share pogonophobia. I like pogonos. You're a pogonophile. Pogonophile. You also like a ginger. (laughs) As am I. You're a mess. (laughs) (laughs) Did we have fear of gingers? No, I should have looked for that one. Okay, and the last one we'll end on. This is going to separate okay. the men from the boys. The, I was going to say the girls from the ladies. Mm, the okay. beards from the nons. Bear with me on this. Um, the back hair from the facial <laughs> hair. <laughs> Ithophallophobia. Okay, itho and phallo both sound very familiar. Itho. Fear of blowjobs. Ooh, that's good. Phallo is penis. You're close, yeah. And itho I thought was like Oral. Ithophallophobia. Itha- Ithophallophobia. Fear of... I-T-H-Y. Phallo. Oh. Fear of fish penises. Nope. No, that's ichthy. Fish penises. Ich- 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 what is that's that? That's ichthy. Yeah, ichthy. I don't know. Fish. Lauren, any guesses? Anal sex. Fear no. of anal sex. Fear of an erect penis. Oh. Oh, I was oh. close. Yeah. I, Kate was closest. Yeah. I was closest. You were closest. I, uh, I was That thinking, was a hard one, Dan. Yeah, good yeah. words. Well, none of us took Greek. No, yeah, I did not take no Latin really. Oh, yeah. no, Latin. <laughs> no, these are phobias are Greek bases. Um, am I crazy? A but it's a Latin root for most of the Greek. No, you're oh. right. Well, phobos is Greek. So no, you're right. It is Greek. You're right. You're right. It's Greek to us, clearly. It's Greek to us. Good job, Diana. That was a hard game. All right. <laughs> Good job of making us look dumb, Diana. Check, check. <laughs> well, you do the wine one. <laughs> we do that. All, we do that all by ourselves. I was just gonna say. I was like, we did it all by ourselves. Uh, <laughs> Well, and that's, I think, us for today. I that is so. us for today. I hope our commenters, um, who were better than we were at that quiz, tell us what they, uh, I hope maybe, th- what their you, favorite If you know any are. good favorite yeah, phobia your words, fear words, definitely comment. All right, ladies. Well, on that note, the best conversations happen, happen after, after dark. dark.